Hey everyone, welcome to Therapish, where we discuss relationships through the lens of pop culture and the world around us. It's not therapy, but I am a therapist. Hello everyone. Today, I wanted to do a follow-up from my last podcast with Ellie as my guest star, where we spoke about a difficult and awkward conversation live on the podcast. The reason I wanted to talk about it is because Mine and Ellie's experience went really well. We really were able to hear each other, stay calm. I want to tell my listeners, as long as you stay curious, this is how it will always go. I want to say that to you. I want to say now, you listen to Ellie and I, now go seize the confrontation world and you've got this and you now know how to de-escalate confrontations into conversations. But I don't think it's that simple. I really don't. I wish it was, but I don't. I think there's a lot more tools and things that we need to know going into it. One of the things I think that we really need to keep in mind is that when we go talk to somebody, we can't control their reaction. We can can only control what we do in the conversation. For example, we can try as much as we can to be assertive and to be respectful and to tell them our perspective and stay curious and ask them their perspective. But if they get reactive or if they get defensive or if they want to stonewall us, meaning stonewalling normally means like not wanting to even talk to us and kind of ignoring us. If they want to have those reactions, which happens a lot, by the way, these things happen a lot, that's okay. It's not up to us how they react. The only thing that's in our control is what we do. We need to stand by the way we came into the conversation. If we came into the conversation open and curious and respectful, There's nothing else in our control that we can do. One of the things I find that happens with a lot of people is they'll come to me and say, you know, I had this conversation, it went crazy, I don't know what the other person was thinking, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I always take it back to, let's start with that line you just said. I don't know what the other person was thinking. I think that's the key line. That's something we have to remember. Because a lot of times, somebody reacts to us and says something, then we we base our assumptions on what they're saying. Right? We make assumptions. We kind of say, oh, wow, they're, I don't know, they're mad at us or they hate us or they're so angry or whatever it is. Right? Or maybe like they're having a bad day. I don't know, whatever it is. But the thing that we have to remember is we actually don't fully know what's making them react that way. A lot of times they could be triggered by something that had absolutely nothing to do with what we said. For all we know, it's like a color we're wearing or the way we look or a certain word we use or absolutely nothing that we did at all and just purely something about the way they're feeling and it's reminding them many times subconsciously by the way but maybe it's reminding them of something that happened to them once which is kind of the definition of being triggered we have to understand that when people react to us necessarily something that we have control of now that there's a disclaimer to that and that's what I said earlier if we came into the conversation respectfully then nothing else is in our control. Otherwise, we can kind of say, okay, well, was I respectful? Actually, I kind of lost my temper. I let my emotions navigate my decisions. And maybe I didn't act so good. And that's when it's time to take a step back and be a little more accountable. The most important part of a relationship when there's a rupture is actually not the rupture. It's the repair. It's all about the repair. It's the going back and saying, I'm sorry, or sharing your perspective, or explaining what was happening for you, whatever that repair is. The repair is the most important part. I'm thinking of Sex in the City. There's an episode where Carrie needs money for her rent. It's right after her and Aiden break up. 
I feel like we should have a moment of silence for that. But okay, we'll continue. It's right after she and Aiden break up. And she needs money for her rent. Big offers her money. Miranda offers her money. I think Samantha also offers her money. And Charlotte stays pretty quiet. And it's very obvious this is right after Charlotte got a divorce from Trey. She has this like beautiful ring and condo and all that stuff. And it's just very obvious that Charlotte is financially stable and able to help Carrie. But she's not. And she's not doing it. Now, I don't necessarily think it's wrong of Charlotte not to. I think certain people have certain boundaries and it's okay to stay to some of those boundaries. So that's not the part I'm going to focus on. What I am going to focus on though is that Charlotte herself did not feel comfortable with the way this went down. You see her kind of walk around her apartment afterwards staring in her ring and then Carrie comes over and kind of goes off on her and says, you know, you're sitting here in this apartment and you know I need help and I'm always here for you and you're not here for me. Charlotte realizes there's there's a rupture in the relationship and there's so many things I want to say about this because first of all the fact that Carrie goes and talks to her I want to say that's so wonderful like Carrie felt so open she went and she said you know Charlotte you're my good friend I want to know why you didn't show up for me but the truth is if Carrie didn't do it so assertively she actually did it quite aggressively and the way I define aggressive is when either you're not respecting yourself in the interaction nor the other person and the way I know that Carrie acted kind of aggressively she raised her voice she th- said things she regretted. I don't think she even standed by everything she said. And then later she did apologize and kind of realized that she let her emotions navigate that interaction versus her executive thinking. So they have a definite rupture in their relationship. Now, the key thing here is, again, it's not about the rupture. It's about the repair. I don't know which one of them asked to meet who. I'm going to pretend it's Charlotte, even though I don't really remember. But they meet up for lunch, dinner, whatever it was, a meal. And Charlotte says, you know, this was my perspective. It was hard for me to let go of this. Carrie kind of says, you know, I need to respect your boundaries. We need to kind of accept each other's thoughts on this. And then Charlotte goes ahead and gives her the ring. And it's a really interesting thing because I think that even before she gave her the ring, I think the repair was already made. They heard each other. They told each other their perspectives. They tried to stay open and accept one another. And Only after that did Charlotte say, well, actually, now that I'm in touch with my executive thinking versus my emotional side, I actually do think I can give you this ring. And not only think so, I'm happy to give it to you. And Carrie feels comfortable to take it from her. And I think that's amazing. It's wonderful they do that. Again, I don't necessarily think that always has to be the solution to give in or to do what your friend is asking. In this example, it really shows how because of a successful repair, that's what makes a relationship move forward. It's so interesting confronting your friends. I think a lot of people have difficulty. I could tell you very honestly, I'm one of those people, which is why in that last episode I did it with Ellie because I knew that Ellie could handle it and I felt safe and comfortable with her. I want to say I'm safe with everyone and comfortable with everyone, but I'm not. I wish I was and I'm working towards that and I'm practicing my skills and I'm still not quite there. There's a Friends episode where Phoebe and Rachel go running together and... (laughs) Phoebe runs like a lunatic. I'm like, imagine, I'm doing it right now. You guys can't see, but I'm like throwing my hands around. She's like, her her legs are very much not parallel. They're like in all directions. She looks like, you know, just, she doesn't even look like a kid running. She looks like a kid who accidentally drinks some wine running or something. She looks totally drunk. It's hilarious. And Rachel's kind of, you know, a perfect runner. She has her perfect pose and posture, whatever it is. And then running and Rachel gets really embarrassed and then later she says, you know, I can't keep running with Phoebe, this is crazy. And Phoebe comes and Rachel, instead of assertively saying, this isn't working for me or something like that, 
she she basically lies. She she pretends that Monica trips her or something like that. And Monica then goes ahead and kicks her and says, you know, now I really did hurt your ankle, which I think is hilarious. But what the episode shows is that it's kind of the picking your battles. Do we have to confront everything? Does, does Rachel need to go tell Phoebe, hey, the way you run actually really embarrasses me? Does she need to pick that battle? I think we can kind of go both ways. I would normally say you don't need to pick every battle. If there's something your friend does that you don't love, you don't always need to tell your friend that. Very much not, actually, a lot of the times. You could just kind of accept it and move on. But the reason this one was more awkward is because Phoebe wanted to continue running with Rachel and Rachel didn't really know how to get out of that situation. And then she finally does go ahead and tells her. What I love about friends as a whole, you see there's more examples of this later too, but when they tell each other what they don't like that the other person did, the other person sometimes will have a reaction, but for the most part, they accept it. They take the feedback. I mean, sometimes they'll defend themselves, but within five minutes or another scene, they're friends again. And I just think it's so interesting. How do you accept other people's feedback, stay open-minded, and continue the friendship without getting defensive? Phoebe kind of says, yeah, I know I run crazy. I embrace that. You should run crazy too. And that gives Rachel a whole take because she's like, wow, instead of this being an awkward confrontation, Phoebe actually is making me think about doing something a little bit differently. And then you see Rachel go ahead and try. And she does run a little crazy and does it differently. And she ends up really liking it. And, I mean, they make it hilarious, as Friends always does, and she, like, ends up crashing into a horse or something. There's, and there's other episodes in Friends, too, where we really see the friends give each other feedback. I mean, there's one where everyone tells Rachel that she's um, a people pleaser or a pushover, I think they say, and Monica's high maintenance. And then they, you know, they finally kind of, Monica and Rachel kind of run a revenge on Phoebe, and they say, well, you're a flake. And Phoebe's like, yeah, yeah, I am a flake. That's That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I you know, I love it because, again, I don't necessarily think you need to go tell your friends if they're a pushover or flake or whatnot. It's not always a battle worth picking. But the openness that's displayed on the show, the idea that friends could talk so openly with one another, give feedback and just accept it and have these open, safe conversations, I think it's one of the reasons I love the show because I really want to say that friendships are like this, that we could go back and forth, we could tell each other our weaknesses and give each other feedback, not so positive, et cetera, et cetera, and just laugh about it and move on. But I don't really think it's like that. And I did like that episode with friends when they talk about this whole flake high maintenance thing because it's one of the only times I think that you really see them kind of stay up all night thinking about this feedback. Like you see Monica being like, I'm not high maintenance, right? Meanwhile, you know, everything she does just shows how high maintenance she is. But Chandler, of course, does say something really beautiful at one point. He says, well, you are high maintenance, but I like maintaining you. And I think that moment's really sweet. So difficult conversations, I think, again, mine and Ellie's worked really well. We weren't emotionally charged. I think a lot of times people are very charged emotionally, and it's harder to just stay rational and calm. And so what I would say is, Let's take a break. Let's come back to conversations when we are more rational. Let's make sure we take some breaths, calm ourselves down a little bit before we attempt these things. I think one of our goals in these conversations is really when we go talk to somebody, make our number one goal to not think about our response. When you're in a conversation with someone else that you know is potentially a little challenging, only think about their perspective. Ask them questions. Be curious. Say, what did that mean to you? what came up for you? What was your intention? What did you mean by this part? Ask questions. Stay curious. Pretend that 
after every single time the other person talks, your job is going to be to paraphrase everything they said. And that way, instead of sitting here and focusing on what you respond, you're truly just concentrating on them. And that's where we really are present for the other person's intention. And hopefully what comes out of it is that their intention is not malicious, that again, they're reacting based on their own triggers, their own projections, potential traumas, experiences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You already know your own perspective. You know it. That You don't need to say it. Now, if they ask you questions, that would be great because hopefully they're kind of also trying to just stay really curious. So that's fine. Answer those questions. But just remember, the more curious we are about theirs and the more we understand about theirs, the more we come to an understanding of what just happened. And instead of making assumptions on what happened, we get to really learn what happened. When you go have a conversation with someone, remember, you can only control yourself in the conversation. Stay respectful. Ask questions. Pretend you need to paraphrase everything they're about to say in order to make sure you're really just focusing on listening and hearing their experience versus your own response. And if it doesn't go so well and you did all those things, then we need to learn how to let go. Because sometimes we can do everything as best as we can and it still just doesn't go so well. So remember, you can only control yourself and that's it. Until next time, everyone. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes, and the information in it does not constitute or is not intended as therapy. If you are experiencing a clinical issue that was discussed on the show, please talk to your doctor for a therapist referral.